Okay, welcome to the podcast. This is Sean Smith, your host, and we are in Pennsylvania, USA. So uh, welcome from everywhere in the world, wherever you are tuning in from. So it's really great to have you. And today, um, I have a very good friend of mine for many years, and uh, that is Paul Cooney from Jacksonville, Florida, USA. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Sean. It is a real honor to be here. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your time. Paul's a busy man. He's um, all over the place speaking and encouraging and um, giving input and insights to to leaders all over the world. And uh, I I had the privilege of meeting with Paul. well, it sort of was a chance encounter, really, and uh, we ended up having breakfast every week while while we were in Jacksonville, Florida, with Paul and uh, Ben and um, with uh, Jim, yeah. yes, and uh, and sometimes my son. So that was really, really good and a very, very rich time in my life, and very grateful to their friendship. Paul, um, I really wanted to get you on to talk about. Um, your whole approach to Nehemiah and how that relates to um, uh, to leadership. Uh, Paul has written a book called Nehemiah People, and its subtitle is, let me see if I can pull it up here, uh, Destiny and Purpose Rediscovered Through the Nehemiah Template. And, um, and then I'm just going to give an introduction here quickly, Paul, to the book, and it says, the, the description, and it's on Amazon. I'm telling you, you, if you can get it, if you can get onto Amazon and order it, um, it is a real good, interesting, very interesting, very enlightening, revelatory, encouraging read. Um, and uh, it says, an awakening is taking place outside the walls of the church house that can change the way we live life. Awesome. Just that statement (laughs) blesses me already. Men and women around the world are starting to recognize their sacred responsibilities to serve God's purposes without reservation or apology in business or government, medicine or military, education or media and every other sphere of society. This is our generation's clarion call to those who desire a deeper life of relevance greater effectiveness and more active engagement in our national cultures. I mean, that, that is, that is really powerful. And and, I mean, I've probably known you for a good 11 years, Paul, and, and you've been, you've been talking Nehemiah template since I've known you. Why Nehemiah? Well, I am, uh, I am, I, I believe in the local church, but I am a, leader who functions outside the walls of the church house yes and um the the common phrase for that would be marketplace ministry but i have never liked that phrase (laughs) because uh, i think more appropriately it is a move of god that is taking place in our generation outside the walls of the church. Um, if you, if the, the term marketplace ministry is, um, I think it devalues what is taking place. I've had, like you, Sean, 
I've had the privilege to travel around and to minister around, and I minister in churches and at conferences. And what is taking place in our generation is, is unlike anything that has happened before. Yes. And there is an awakening that is taking place among people in, in government and business that, uh, that, that they have a role to fulfill they have a purpose to their life beyond just being a pastor. Yes. Um, I remember when I first got uh, born again in the 1500s. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, the only option available to me. I used to go on these long walks and just talk to God. And I remember I came home one night and my wife was nine months pregnant with our first child and she was ready to drop that child. And I didn't have a whole lot of wisdom in those days. <clears throat> and so I remember coming home and I said to my wife, honey, you know, we want to serve God and we want what's best for us, don't we? And she said, yes, we do. And I said, I think God wants me to be a pastor. And she looked at me with a, with strained eyes. And she, she said, well, she said, maybe God wants you to be a pastor, but it will not be with this woman because <laughs> I am not called to be a pastor's wife. <laughs> well, my wife was right. But back in the, in the seventies in the, in the mid to late, well, it was actually the late seventies. There weren't a lot of other options. Yes. And uh, it, this is just a remarkable, a remarkable time to be alive. And it's, uh, um, I mean, I think we're just before the, the coming of the Lord because he's, he's raising up people who, um, like Nehemiah, uh, who, uh, yeah, I'm sure that Nehemiah attended temple service and, uh, maybe he was a leader in the temple, but his role was a government uh, was a government leader. Yes. Actually, initially, uh, he was nothing but a wine taster, which was basically a servant of of the king of Persia. Yeah, with a high risk job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> high risk job. Yeah, <laughs> his job was to taste the food because everybody was trying to kill the king exactly. to take over his his position and yes. his role was to um, taste the food, oversee the preparation of the food and to sip the wine when the king was sitting down to have a meal. And if, if he dropped, if someone was trying to poison the king, they would get to Nehemiah first. Yes, exactly. But to your question, why Nehemiah? I think there are, certain books of the Bible um, that, that speak to us. For example, if you're, if you're a pastor, you probably love the book of Ezra. Um, I, I have studied the book of Nehemiah for 17 years. Wow. Um, I, I love the book of Nehemiah and it's, and, and God does not give us, as you know, Sean, God does not give us um, an, an attraction for a book or he does not give us the examples of scripture 
so that it's simply a history lesson. He gives them so that there's practical application yes. uh, in, our, in our generation. And, right. and that is what Nehemiah is today. Yes. So, so you see it as, as, uh, as a book and as a life, really, that has a lot of relevance to um, the leadership of this generation. I, I absolutely do. Wonderful. Um, when, you, when you understand some of the principles of the book of Nehemiah, and I put these in, in Nehemiah people. Yes. But for example, um, in the first chapter of the book of Nehemiah, he says at the end of the first chapter, he says, now I was a cupbearer for the king. Yes. Now he had received his, he had had a moment with God in the first chapter. Uh, and it was a prophetic assignment that he accepted. Uh, he, he waited on God. He fasted and he prayed. And in the second chapter, he finds himself in a meeting and the king says, you know, what's going on with you, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah was able to articulate this burden that he'd had in his heart. Now, so what, how does that apply today? Well, many times, particularly if you're a young person, there is a, 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 a moment in time when God will give you a prophetic assignment for your life. And I knew when my wife was nine months pregnant that God was calling me to something deeper than just, just a normal life. Yes. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I, but I had a, a prophetic, a couple of prophetic moments with God and, and your listeners will have that prophetic moment with God. Now, what happens is there, there are so many principles here. What happens is um, you don't have to sell yourself. Typically, the way this works is you will receive that prophetic assignment and it will always be bigger than you. Keep in mind that Nehemiah had never built anything in his life. I, I am a general contractor. I have done well over 300 projects as a, as a contractor businessman. Yes. Uh, I know what it takes to do this. And it's a miracle that God would call a guy whose sole position in life was a servant of the king who tasted the wine and oversees the preparation of the food. So Nehemiah gets this calling to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and he has nothing on his resume to, to say that he's qualified for that. God will oftentimes speak to us these big things, these prophetic moments. We will have these prophetic moments in our lives. And they may happen maybe two or three times. You have to accept those things. Right. That the assignments are always going to be bigger than us. Yes. They're always going to be way beyond our resume. Absolutely. Why? Why is that? 
the reason it is is because well there's there's two things god god will always he he when he evaluates the resumes of our life he he eval he doesn't say he doesn't look at the resumes of our life and say what has he done what has he been successful at what are his known skill sets what are his abilities to to produce on the level that i need them to produce on he doesn't evaluate resumes that way what he says is who i don't care what you have done i want to know who you are yes. as a man or a woman of god yes and then so you that's the first thing the second thing is you have that prophetic assignment just like nehemiah did you have that prophetic assignment and then there is always a period of time that that takes place where God makes us into the man or woman who is able to fulfill the assignment. Yes. And and that period of time is typically long and painful. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say amen to that? Charles? I say amen. <laughs> <laughs> I say amen. <laughs> And usually it's, it's a, uh, God will give us these prophetic assignments out of positions of obscurity, uh, yeah. just like he did with Nehemiah. Um, and there, there's another key point to, to glean from that second chapter of, of the book of Nehemiah. And that is, there, there's something that I, I call in Nehemiah people, I call this the invitation principle. And that is when God gives us that prophetic assignment and when the timing is right, that he has made us into the man or woman who is able to fulfill the assignment, then he will use people of influence to invite us into our destiny. Yes. We, wow. we, we do not have to advertise who we are, that we are the man or woman of God and we have the answer to the generational crisis. Yes. God will invite us into those situations. Wow. That is awesome. That is powerful. Tell us some more about that. Tell us some more about that. Well, I, I think uh, I, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, I've, I've written a couple of books and I, I write a lot. I feel like it's one of the, the callings that, that I have. And when I was uh, writing the book of Nehemiah, um, I, it was like when I was writing Nehemiah People, it was, it was like I was sitting under a spout of revelation and I knew that I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do. Yes. And I did, but I didn't know why. Yes. And so writing is solitary. So I'm sitting in my office and I was talking to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I just, is anybody ever going to read this book? Mm. Now I will tell you that was, that was four years ago and Nehemiah people, I, I can verify that it is in the hands of four sitting presidents, mayors, and uh, uh, and two sitting vice presidents, 
uh, I, I've been amazed. But at that time when I'm writing, I'm sitting alone. I'm saying, God, is anyone going to read this book? And I got a phone call from a friend of mine who <clears throat> um, was a consultant uh, for the, uh, the government of Israel. <clears throat> And he said, I have a gift for you, but you have to come to my house. And when I went to his house, he handed me a stone and he said, this is a stone. This is while I'm praying and saying, is anyone going to read this? He yeah. handed me a stone from the archaeological digs of Nehemiah's wall. Wow. Wow. I, and, and I said, okay, Lord, I got the picture. But the... Uh, the, I'm going to, I'm not going to mention names and I'm not going to sure. mention nation. Yes. But if you, if you talk to um, many uh, leaders in the marketplace, uh, top leaders, uh, they, they just seem to gravitate to Nehemiah. They, they, they may know more about the book of Nehemiah than than any other book of the Bible, right? And that if you mention, and I know Sean, you've experienced this. If you mention Nehemiah, everyone will always say, "Well, you know, he's if they they know anything about the Bible, well, you know, he's a great leader." Yes, um, one of the great leaders of all time. <clears throat> well, I was in Amsterdam, Netherlands, at the uh, a few years ago at the economic summit, and I had just I just finished Nehemiah People and I, I brought the the book. I brought some of the copies of the book because I love to give stuff away. And, uh, so I'm there and there's members of parliament from all over Europe. And I, I'm on the steering committee of, of that called the Economic Summit. And the idea of the Economic Summit is to bring uh, economic solutions for uh, world governments that are based on the Bible, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about Malachi three ten, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. <laughs> I'm talking about the rest of the economy of God. Yes. So uh, we were in a, we were in a. Uh, one of the things that I really loved is I, all, all the leaders would stay at the same hotel, right, and we had a about a 40, 45 minute drive. And um, I sat next to this one guy and like I do all the time, I said, well, you know, what do you do? And because I'm here with all these world leaders and I'm, I'm just me. And he said, well, I am the chief counsel for this former Eastern European country. And um, he said, you know, he was telling me, I said, how, how did a lover of Jesus get to be chief counsel for the parliament of this particular country? Yes. And uh, he told me just an incredible story. And um, anyway, he ended up being the chief counsel. So he did not know that I had just, that I had written this book and I had just brought some. So he was just telling me his story and he said, um, he said, uh, 
you know, he said, uh, it's, it's real interesting. He said, a month ago, the head of parliament came to me and said, uh, would we need to learn, I want the members of parliament here to learn to be better leaders for our nation. He said, um, you seem to be involved in all kinds of things and know all kinds of things. Do you think that you could perhaps get somebody to do a leadership seminar for the members of parliament? And he said, uh, the chief counsel said, well, as a matter of fact, he said, um, I do know a man. Um, I've been studying his writings for years. Uh, I'd be happy to introduce some of the members of parliament uh, to some of his writings. Uh, now, just a sidebar, he told me that when communism fell in the early 90s, that all of the members of parliament, they, they were all communists and all they did, the government structure just sort of said, well, we're not communists anymore, but you don't, you can, you can take the title off, but the heart is still the same. The same, yes. And so, so he said this, he said, well, he said, this guy's name is Nehemiah. He said, I'd love to introduce you to him. So the, the head of parliament says, well, do you think you can get this Mr. Nehemiah to come and do a leadership seminar for us? <laughs> he said, you know, he told me, he says, they've never looked at a Bible. They don't know what's inside. Yeah, they so don't know who said, Nehemiah is. Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't know who he was. And so they said, he said, well, he's been dead for about 2,500 years. Um, and he said, but I, so I don't think I can get him to teach you, but I'd be happy to introduce you to his, his writings. He, at that time, was holding a Bible study for members of parliament on the book of Nehemiah. Oh, my. Wow. There's more to that story. Yeah, I'm <laughs> but sure. I, but I, uh, it's, you know, uh, executives, top executives get together if they're Christian executives. They'll study the book of Nehemiah. Yes. It's a very relevant book for for our day, for our generation. Because the interesting thing is we, we know uh, when Nehemiah was alive the, and in, in the Old Testament that you could not serve as a priest unless you were of the tribe of Levi. Yes. More than likely, Nehemiah was of the tribe of Judah. Therefore, he could not be a priest. So we... We have actually a government leader. He became the governor of Judah. We have a government leader who wrote a book of the Bible. Yes. Wow. Wow. So, so I mean, looking, looking at and what you've gleaned from that, what, what was, do you think is the, the most outstanding characteristic of, of Nehemiah as a leader? Uh, as a leader. That's mm. a very good question. Um, well, I, in your view, in your view. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think you have to go back to the beginning of the book and number one, he, he heard the voice of God coming through other men. He heard about the the things that were taking place in Jerusalem. 
And he didn't decide to go back to Jerusalem to build the wall. He, he, when he heard though, when he heard what was taking place, and just to put this in context, um, Josephus was a, a Jewish historian who wrote about the history of the Jewish people for the Roman elite. Yes. And his writings were saved. And what, what Josephus said was taking place the day that Nehemiah heard, heard that same message in, in the capital city of Persia, which was Susa. Yeah. What he heard was this, that women were being raped and sold into, as sex slaves. Children were being sold into slavery. And the men of the city of Jerusalem, because there was no wall, there was no protection against brigands. The, the men, he, Josephus said, when you would walk out in the morning, you would walk out the roads of Jerusalem, away from the city of Jerusalem, you would have to step over the bodies of the dead men. Wow. Who had been slaughtered during the night. Wow. This, this is not unlike any you know nations that that exist there's some nations that exist and neighborhoods yes. in cities that are like this yes. so so this one characteristic is first of all he he acknowledged that he heard the voice of god so he, there was a prophetic moment he acknowledged that he heard the voice of god so that's that's what you were talking about that prophetic assignment prophetic assignments exactly. the invitation principle that kicked in for him Exactly. Okay. But, but the prophetic assignment, we have to personally accept that. Yes. He I mean, it, it's, he it's like a purpose that's out there, but you have to, you have to say, I, you know, this is it. This is, I, I embrace this. Yes, that's it. You have to make a covenant with it. Right. That to me, uh, keep in mind now, you know, if, if you're the cupbearer of, a king of one of the most powerful nations on earth, you're not going to be living on minimum wage. Sure. The king is going to make sure he's very well taken care of. So he's got a comfortable existence and he lived in the king's palace. He's got a very comfortable existence. Now he receives this prophetic assignment and, and he commits his life to it and he waits for the invitation principle to take place but but he is committed. He waited, by my calculations, it was about four months. Yes. So he, he waited until God opened the door, and and then we can talk about that another time. But sure. but but the commitment that he made to leave his comfort zone. See the thing the, the thing about this is that uh, we can choose to to live a safe comfortable existence. Um, and if we do that, we'll never fulfill those prophetic assignments. Right. Because the prophetic assignments are always bigger than us. Yes. And, and they're always going to make us uncomfortable. Yes. And so Nehemiah decided that, that his, to accept his prophetic assignment at the, at the expense of his own personal comfort. Yeah. Wow.
And, and you know, I, I, um, I talk about uh, alignment as leaders with, so as a man and then in your mandate and then in your message. And uh, it's just like the three things that, that I just, I believe the Spirit of God revealed to me. But it's like you can nearly see um, Nehemiah is aligning himself as a man first under God, listening to the voice of God, being sensitive to what what the direction and and the guidance of, of, of the Lord is for him and to him, bearing in mind he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, so he didn't have an inward witness, but he he definitely had a witness coming from outside that he he was he paid attention to and listened to and was respectful to, and then comes the mandate, which which is that prophetic assignment and and now he has to go, am I going to align myself with that? Am I going to embrace this? Am I going to take it up as the banner of who I am? And, and yeah. yes, I, I don't feel qualified. Yes, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just a cupbearer, but, but God is calling me to this. And, 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 uh, and I use that word calling also in very conservative terms because it's become sort of a cliched word. But, but Nelly, like, yes, I, I think what you said, the word you said is covenanted with it. I think that's powerful. It's like, you know, it's just, it's more than just saying, okay, I'm going to give this a try. This is like, I'm embracing this with all my heart. Yeah. And so, so what, you know, what are the, you know, how does it apply today? I mean, as far as the book of Nehemiah, um, there, there is, as I was writing this, there was this phrase that God spoke to me. Yes. Um, and it was, it is a phrase called divine convergence. Yes. You see, those, those who function outside the walls of the church, who, who are leaders uh, outside the walls of the church house, um, they're going to carry influence. Yes. But they're going to carry the influence of God. Yes. They're, they're going to carry, when God gives a man or a woman influence, he also gives them anointing to, to fulfill uh, the purposes that he has for that person's yes. life. Yes. But there, this divine convergence, and, and uh, the Lord spoke that to me, and I said, Lord, what is divine convergence? And then he sort of filled in the blanks. And, and uh, here's, here's what... Here's what divine convergence is. First of all, and, and you know, we have been given uh, as leaders in the 21st century and even as emerging leaders, uh, we are given uh, insight that, uh, that comes from heaven that others don't have. It's, it's a, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're entitled to his insight into situations and and he doesn't give us insight just so that we can sit on it and say that's that's cool uh, he gives us insight so that we can affect change that God wants to bring so yes. here's what this divine convergence is this is what the Lord showed me first of all there, there's always going to be a crisis yes. and and a convergence is it, it's a meeting of things. It's, a, it's a, a, a point in time, a convergent point in time. So there's, there's always going to be a crisis that appears impossible or unsolvable. So we, we look at this 
and we say, wow, you know, there's this massive crisis and it's unsolvable. But the thing that, that we have to realize is that God, God has always had a solution to every crisis that's ever existed and ever will exist. Right. So God's intention at a particular moment of time is to implement his solutions to the crisis. So through a man or a woman. Now, now, whenever you see a crisis, know that God's intention is to solve the crisis. In Nehemiah's day, that crisis was what was taking place in the city of Jerusalem where people were being slaughtered. Yes. And, and then the, the third element of divine convergence is there is a personal destiny, just like in Nehemiah's case, there is a personal destiny of a man or a woman who has God's endorsement, who is strategically positioned to implement God's solutions. And, right. and though that implementation, that moment in time when all three of those things intersect, that's when God brings his solutions. Right. It can be solutions in business or government or or ministry, or culturally. Yes. So, so God, God really manifests the right person at the right time with, with a solution that, that he's downloaded, um, that God's assigned him to do, to actually implement at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. you, know, you, 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 look at, you look at Nehemiah, and that's exactly what Nehemiah did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was just a, the, the key person that could, that could envision people. Well, that's the thing is, and that's the thing that we, I think we're struggling in many nations, but I, you know, I, I'm really believing that God is raising a new generation of visionaries. They're not interested in re-election or campaigns. They're interested exactly. in bringing vision, and vision is what solves the problem, you know, is the solution. So, uh, vision, you know, we, we, sorry? Yeah, vision and authority. Yes. Well, well, that, of course, there has to be that, there has to be that understanding of authority to operate, to, to actually implement that vision and see that vision coming through. But, but we, you know, is to have that solution and then, and then step into it. And I, I believe that's when you step into that prophetic um, assignment, that's when you, you begin to establish your, your um, authority to, to bring the, the necessary solution to, to the situation or to the crisis that that um, that God has has sort of implemented and assigned you to, so um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow! <laughs> I just uh, yeah. I, I, well, it, let me let me give you a quick example of of this. Um, and again, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention nations. But there's a certain nation that um, that is. Uh, it has a reputation for corruption. Yes. And I, I was speaking at a, a big national Congress in, in this particular nation. And this young woman who was part of the leadership team, she's probably in her late twenties. She came up to me and, um, and she said, you know, I was going to go to, uh, to get my advanced degree, she said, but I believe 
God is telling me to get into government. And um, in, in many nations, uh, you know, you, you, your, your value in life is diminished if you have that calling. Right. Uh, when it, but, you know, Daniel was a government worker. Yes. Uh, Nehemiah was a government worker. So, yes. I mean, you know, they, they come from a, from a good DNA. And so, so she said for her, and I, I, I just prayed a really simple prayer and I just leave. I'm speaking at that Congress again the next year. Yes. And she picks me up at the airport and she didn't say, hi, Paul, do you remember me? She said, Paul, she said, do you remember you prayed for me last year? And I said, yes, I do. Yes. She said, guess where I am? <laughs> I said, where? She said, I am an assistant to the president of the, an assistant to the president of the nation. Wow. I said, well, you see, I said, I said, Carol, God put you there to extend his influence. I want to know what you have done. She said, I'm glad you asked me that. (laughs) She said, we, she said, we have a massive conference room, big, huge conference where all the leaders of government and business meet when they meet with the president. It's darkness. Right. She said, so I made a declaration. I, I took authority over that darkness, and I declared that the kingdom of God had come into that room, and there would no more be no more false counsel, no more... Uh, corruption being discussed over that table, and I declared that the kingdom of God would come. She said, in nine months, 80% of the people that sat around that table are either in prison, are being investigated for corruption, or they they are on their way to jail. Glory to God. Bringing the the kingdom influence right into the inner court, huh? I'm telling you, brother. Woo-hoo! Yes, man. Oh, yes. You see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what I. That's what I'm trusting God for, man. That's what I'm believing that we're going to see more of. Yeah. Paul, I, this is so enlightening. I, um, I'm. I just. I've invited Paul just for the listeners. I've invited Paul to to uh, come and hang out with uh, with us for another three sessions, another three episodes. So for the next. For, for another three weeks, Paul will be visiting with us, and we're just going to be talking Nehemiah and the characteristics and some of the accomplishments. And, and just, you know, you can hear how practical and relatable and relevant it is to, to us where we are right now. And, and, you know, I just want to say to you if, you, if you feel like, you know, you're not that kind of leader, hey, pray about this because I, I really believe that God will speak to you where you are in whatever role you're walking in. And these principles apply to everybody. So it's not just for government leaders, but 
um, it's good to hear, and and I pray that it'll inspire and encourage you to to step into that to that prophetic assignment that God has for you. Um, I, you know, a, a little post I put on on in the Facebook group, uh, Kingdom Leadership Equipping. Uh, was that you sometimes your greatest assignment can be to raise the next kingdom leader and uh, and so never ever feel insignificant or feel that it's not relevant to you um, always take these lessons and learn from them because if it if you can't implement them directly within your context you, it's something you can pass on to others who can and and that is such a vital aspect of this whole thing is that we keep imparting it to the next generation. Paul, thank you so much. This is really rich and I appreciate your time, brother. Um, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to the next, uh, to the next episode. And I do as well. Uh, <laughs> it's an honor. Glory to God. Thank you for sharing with us. And uh, all right. So please um, go and check out uh, it, the, the pod, KLE podcast is available on anchor.fm. It's on Spotify. It's on Google and about um, about seven different other platforms that you can. It's on Apple as well. So you can you can um, subscribe to to the KLE podcast. It helps boost our our rankings, gets our message out there. Um, keep watching, keep uh, listening because there's a bunch of um, of uh, good interviews that that are coming up and with with some great people, leaders, and not always visible uh, people who are celebrities, but just people who are taking leadership and making a difference where they are. So, so please um, give us a review. If they ask for a review, uh, subscribe and uh, keep listening. And thank you for being with us. Pop over to uh, www.kingdomleadershipequipping.com and um, there's a blog there and you can get a whole bunch of other things there. Sign up for our newsletter and be informed of upcoming interviews. Love and leave you. This is Sean, your host, and uh, Paul Cooney all the way from Jacksonville. And we'll be talking to you soon again. Have a good evening. Bye.